This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia. Hi, I'm Karen Hillen. Welcome to the My HR Partner podcast. We talk about all things HR from recruitment to ending employment. If you'd like support with your HR, check out our website, www.myhrp.com.au. Hello and welcome to another episode of the My HR Partner Podcast where we talk all things HR. Welcome again, Karen Hillen. Hey, how are you going? Yeah, very well, very well. Look, I'm really looking forward to uh, this episode because today we're looking all at everything relating to ending employment. And of course, when we think of that, we think of somebody getting fired or, or but look, there's so much more to it. And again, Probably, I would imagine, one of the really key areas where having a, an HR partner um, to, to look at any any of employment to, to help would be very important. So, Yeah, it's usually the worst part of any business um, having to make this decision. And it's I'd say it's the worst part of my job having to talk people through when they've got a terminate someone's employment. Difficult situation, yeah. They're always difficult situations, even if the person is behaving or performing really badly. It's never a nice situation, even if the business really knows it's the best thing for the business. It's never a nice thing to have no, to do. It would, would never be pleasant. I mean, what are the different options of ending employment of an employee? Yeah, so when we're talking about um, ending employment, mostly here I'm talking about permanent employees. I suppose just to, to start off with, when you've got a casual employee, they don't have a guarantee of ongoing employment. So that's the nature of having a casual employee. So it can be simpler with a casual employee to merely just say, uh the period of time I needed you to work has finished so I don't have any more work for you or it could just be that um, it's seasonal so um, it's sort of not ending employment but, but you know, there's a period where there's no work. So with a casual employee it can be easier but the thing people need to be aware of, if you employ a casual in your business and they work pretty regular hours and it's been for a, a a period of time. So I'm sort of talking three months even or more, and it's been very consistent, then you really do need to deal with them like they're a permanent employee anyway. Sure, sure. Yep. I guess for employers, um, one thing that they would be wanting to know about is unfair dismissal. Yep. We've all heard it. Um, and we, we hear about, um, you know, cases that happen after someone has, has left a business. What, what are the rules yep. for unfair dismissal? So I suppose the thing is it's important to make sure that, that you follow a really good process if you do need to make um, the decision to terminate someone's employment. So having a good process to follow is really important to avoid an unfair dismissal claim. And there are a few – I suppose there are a few different ways to, to – terminate someone's employment. And I know it's a terrible term, but um, there could be um, within probation. So I'll start with that one because that's probably the easiest. Um, not that anything's easy in relation to this type of thing, but if you've got somebody who is on probation and that's usually six months, some six months, businesses yep. will have three months. 
I prefer six. It gives you a bit longer um, to see how the person's going to fit with the, the position and the business. But if you did need to terminate somebody um, within probation, that's what the probation period's for. Is, is it true that in probation you can terminate for any reason? Yeah, you can. So that's what it's for. It's it's for both parties, the employee and the employer, to decide whether it's going to work, whether it's a good fit, um, so that whether it's a good fit for the position or for the business um, and just to see if things are working out. You know, I've spoken to businesses where they've put a permanent employee on and then something completely out of their control has happened. So they've had to terminate that person's employment within the probation period. Nothing to do with the person's performance, not even anything to do with a fit for the business, but just the business circumstances had changed. So with the probation period, um, you, you can do that. And then also it can be about the person's not performing well. Um, they have, they're not a good fit for the business. So the values have just been misaligned and you didn't realise that through the recruitment process. Um, and things just, just aren't working out. So um, you would still need to give the person one week's notice. And usually if you're terminating somebody's employment, it's better for both parties just to pay the week in lieu of making them work and um, and and just tell them it's, it hasn't worked out. It's in the, within the probation period. So um, we're, we're not going to continue past that probation period. Sure. So again, the employment contract having all these terms and conditions, even around just probation would, yep. be, would be very important. Yeah, definitely. It's a very good idea to make sure that you mention probation in an employment contract and also what the um, – what the, the process is for um, termination of employment. So um, I suppose just moving on from probation, um, also uh, to terminate somebody might be because of bad behaviour or poor performance. So it's important to make sure that you understand what the process is to um, to get to the point where you're less likely to receive an unfair dismissal claim. Um, so it's about making sure that you um, have a good, fair process in relation to giving the person a chance to improve, giving them some support, um, monitoring their progress in relation to how they're going, meeting those targets and goals. And then sometimes um, it will still um, involve having to terminate their employment if they don't improve. Sure. But again, getting advice when I I would imagine is critically important when you're going to terminate anyone for for any reason. It's so Um, important. And linking that back to the documentation that, um, look, we talked about that in another episode, how important your your HR policies and procedures are, your your employment contracts. And as we talk about ending employment or or terminating, um, whether it be for bad behaviour, I guess that that would need to be tracked back to a policy or a procedure in order to um, you know, make it make it fair and, and not an unfair dismissal. It's definitely to have the, better to have those processes in place so you can refer back to them. Your employee knows what the process is because they know those policies are in place. They know what the procedure is, so um, it makes it easier for everybody to know what what that process is going to be and how it's followed. You can still go through a performance management and um, termination process if you don't have policies in place. It just makes it a little bit more difficult because you've got no guidance because you don't have those policies and processes in place. Sure. And, you know, what if an employer, you know, 
does find themselves with a, an unfair dismissal claim against them from a, a former employee. Is that something you can, you can help with at uh, my HR partner? Yeah, look, it can really depend on the circumstances. Uh, what happens with an unfair dismissal claim is somebody will um, lodge that claim to the Fair Work Commission. That has to be done within 21 days of them of their last day. And what will happen is Fair Work Commission will contact you to let you know that a, a claim's been submitted and the business has got um, a certain period of time to respond to the claims that are made in that unfair dismissal claim. So there's a special form that you fill out to basically give your side of the story and show what process you followed. A business can do that themselves um, as long as they're really clear about making sure that they're answering the question, the, the questions that are in the form and they're answering the claims that the ex-employee has made. I help businesses with that. But if it gets too complex, um, my best advice is to um, talk to an employment lawyer. Sure. So it can depend on how complex it is and also it can depend on what the business wants to do as well. Sometimes the business will just say, I'm going to fill in the form myself, I'll go to conciliation and see what happens and sometimes they make a decision that they'll just pay a couple of weeks in that conciliation process um, so it doesn't drag on um, and... um, it's really a bit of, a, I suppose, a business decision sure. to, into what what that payment might be. Sure, makes sense. So tell me about redundancy. How does that work? Yeah, so this is another part of my job that I really um, find hard. It's always hard for the business. Of course, it's hard for the employee. There are a few different reasons that I talk to businesses about redundancy and um, it can be that they're they're selling the business. So um, all of the employees um, may get made redundant because the business, the new business owner isn't taking on the new employees. It can also be because there's a change of business and it could be um, because the business is closing down altogether or it could be that there've been changes in relation to things like technology or just a, a change in structure of the business. Um, there could be a downturn in that particular industry. So um, the business is really quiet and doesn't need the number of employees that they have. So again, it's important to make sure that you understand um, the, the process that, um, that Fair Work have guidelines on to make sure that you consult with the people in your business and they understand um, the reasoning behind it and you go through that proper process with them in relation to um, what comes next. Sure. Look, here's a probably a bit of a curly question that I, I think many business owners might have thought of b- before, which I, I'd like to, to hear answered um, clearly. What if you're looking to you know, terminate an employee, can you look for then a reason to make them redundant? It's not a good idea. Unless it's an absolute genuine redundancy, I always advise against trying to turn it into a redundancy. It will usually backfire on you, especially if they claim that it's unfair because fair work will look at it and they'll, that, you know, they might, um, a lot of the time they will actually determine that it wasn't a genuine redundancy. So it's not a good idea. Sometimes there will be some, um, some elements of both. So you've got to make sure that you keep both of those separate as well. So if there have has been some performance management um, issues and even you've had some meetings, you might have even issued some warning letters, 
if there's a genuine reason to make the position redundant, it doesn't stop you from doing it, but you just have to be really clear about the reasons and the process and um, that you're really justifying the reasons behind the position becoming redundant. It's also really important to note positions become redundant, not people. So it's about being able to, to justify that the position's not needed in the business anymore. It's not particularly about people. Sure. So how does an employer decide on a redundancy package? And again, is that something you can help advise on? Yeah, it can be really tricky because um, if you're a business with less than 15 employees, you don't have to pay redundancy payments. The The only payments that you would make would be the um, any outstanding salary notice. Um, so depending on how long the employee's been with you or what's in their contract, that will determine the amount of notice you need to give. And also any un, untaken annual leave and if if relevant, maybe long service leave as well. Um, personal carers leave, also known as sick leave, doesn't get paid on termination of employment in any situation. Um, very rarely um, do businesses pay sick leave on termination. It's also important to note that even if you're a business with less than 15 employees, there are some industry-specific above um, that that right. um, rural payment. So building and construction and plumbing awards are two examples where the award actually states that any business, even less than 15 employees, has to pay redundancy payments. And it also includes when an employee resigns. Um, so I know that's very confusing, but in those particular awards, it's quite specific the way it talks about redundancy payments and basically redundancy payments get paid under those awards for any circumstance of termination unless it's miscon- serious misconduct. Okay, so look, a lot to understand there when it, when it comes to um, redundancy. And again, it just keeps reminding me why business owners would need someone like yourself, Karen, you've got all this knowledge just ready to go where, you know, to find all this out and, you know, on your own would be such a big job. And, um, you know, you never know that you're covering everything. So what about, what about a business with more than 15 employees? Yeah. So just as you were saying, it's so important to make sure that you get advice and understand what you're up for if, if you do have to make someone redundant in particular, but, you know, any sort of um, ending employment, it's important to get some advice so you know you're doing the right thing. With a business that has 15 or more employees, there are redundancy payments that are payable. Um, So um, on top of notice, annual leave, possibly long service leave, there's also um, a a severance payment um, that's made in relation to redundancy. And that's on a sliding scale depending on how long the employee has been with the business um, as a permanent employee. So under 12 months, um, there's no payment, but then there's a sliding scale up to 10 years. I'm not going to rattle them all off now, but um, but I've got information about that. There's also information on the Fair Work website about what what those um, those payments are in relation to the years of service. Fantastic. But yeah, it's certainly important to get some advice. Absolutely. You can go onto the Fair Work website and get the information you need. But there are those little tricky things, like I mentioned, with some awards that have um, an industry-specific over um, Fair Work entitlement um, that sometimes people don't know about. They'll look at 
they think they're getting all the information they need off the, the Fair Work website. Yep, I'm a business under 15 employees. I'm right. I don't have to pay redundancy payments. But they didn't actually have a look at the award to see that there was an, an over and above entitlement according to the award. Look, that's what I love about your, your service, Karen, that you you know all of this. You, you would get to know your, your clients intimately, their businesses intimately, and you would have the, the right answer just for any time they pick up the phone with any of these kind of kind of queries. Yeah, definitely. Especially for my um, my regular clients, I do get to know their business, so um, it's 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 personal customized service. They speak to me. Um, it's not a call center type arrangements that, that some other bigger providers have, where you need to explain your business and your circumstance every time you call. When, you talk, when you're working with me, you get me every time. So I know your business and we don't have to spend the first 15 minutes um, having you explain your business and what the problem is. So um, so I find that's a really good thing for businesses. They're able to, to get that advice quickly because I already understand their business. Absolutely. The personalised service. Excellent. Look, last thing I wanted to ask you about, because something probably businesses don't think a lot about... Um, and that is exit interviews and gathering feedback um, when someone's leaving the leaving the company or the business. Yep. Do you have any advice around that? Yeah, look, they're really important. I don't think a lot of businesses even think to do them. Um, even going back to um, an organisation I worked for a long time ago, they had an exit interview process. People would fill them in. They got put in a box next to someone's desk. Nobody ever looked at them. So that was really unfortunate because you're missing out on getting some really good information. Um, exit interviews, they don't have to be long and complex, but it can give you some really good feedback about the business. And it could even uncover some things that you don't know about. So if you do have um, a large team, for instance, you might find that there's a pattern in your exit interviews uh, that keeps talking about a particular manager it's hard to work with or um, it could be that um, there's a problem with processes or the work or whatever that might be. People tend to be really quite happy to be very honest in exit interviews because they've got nothing to lose. They're going anyway. They can say what they like. They can be really honest. So it's a great way to get feedback. Um, again, I've, I've got an exit interview template on my um HR Hub platform that um, you can use. You can add extra questions. You can take them out. You can tailor it to suit your business, but it can um, get some really good feedback. So even asking questions like, why are you leaving? Um, are you leaving for another job? Is it more money? What could we do to get you to stay? Is there anything? A lot of the time people will say, no, it's time for a change, but it might even get, give you the opportunity to realise that the person doesn't really want to go and you can fix the situation. So this is so important and I think there's so underutilised. So many that, benefits. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, look, uh, another fantastic episode. So much there to digest. And um, look, we probably ha have hardly even touched the surface. Oh, um, for sure. There are so many more things. I just want people to know that there is a lot more um, than what we've talked about today. We could probably go on for another two hours, but, but look, the, it gives an overview. But look, the best thing is that, um, you know, businesses can come to you and they don't need to know all of this because you do. Absolutely. Um, and having you in their corner to, to do that for them, um, you know, that's what you're there for. So how do they get in, how does someone get in touch with you, Karen? Yeah, so my website is www 
www.myhrp.com.au and on all of the social media channels. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, if you just search for my um, HR partner, um, Australia, because there is another one in in, um, in the US. But um, yeah, um, if you look for the Australian um version in all of those channels you should be able to find me but all of my details to contact me are also on the website fantastic thanks again karen hill and look forward to chatting to you again thanks have a great day 